with the third pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota Black State. stretch run to Mostert, gets the edge left, cuts back inside. Raheem Mostert has four rushing touchdowns and the most yards Listening to the Fourth and Gold Podcast with Javi and Fern. Try to do what's right and not be affected by any of that. And it's just been interesting to watch. And sure glad that it's over. I'm glad that we got our guy. I'm glad we feel so good about it. And um, I'm just pumped to get him here. Welcome to the Gold Podcast. We are back. A non non victory recap, but we did that already with Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, everyone out there, hopefully everyone had a good Christmas. The Niners yes. did not ruin mine, even though they lost. Nope. Uh, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. So if you're tuned in, happy New Year to you. If we don't hear from, if we don't hear from you or you don't see us between now and then, um, 2021 has gone by very quickly. Very. Uh, Fern, I want to thank you for this year. My guy, I appreciate you. We got to do our yearly. Well, we didn't get to do it last year. We got to do what we got to, we got back to our yearly 49ers game. Uh, so we did get to go see I did get to see in person this year and we got to go to Chicago. So uh, thank oh, you. Yeah. friend. <laughs> oh, no, thank you, man. It, it's been uh, an awesome year. Like you said, it went by so fast. And uh, the good news as it looks like, uh, you know, barring a collapse, there might be some, some 2022 football, some good playoff football going on for the 49ers, despite early season struggles, man. So we're in a, we're in a good place. The yeah. holidays were great. I'm ready to bring on 2022 and uh, see what that holds, man. It's a new chapter. It's a new ch- 2022. We bring on, we get rid of the old, we move on with the new in 2022. So uh, I'm ready for it, bro. Yeah, absolutely. While you're here, make sure you subscribe, rate, review to the YouTube channel. And of course, Apple, iTunes, Spotify also adds re- added reviews now. So check that out. Help us out there. It does help out with the algorithms. We really do appreciate the uh, support uh, over, over the in- entire time. I did look at all the numbers. Um, we had like, uh, 999% increase in listens, streams, downloads. It's pretty great year. Over a million downloads for the wow. show over the year. Um, so that was a plus. Um, regardless crazy. of how bad Niners were last year and some of the bad stuff last year. I'm cracking a beard of that. That's- so thank you to all who's tuned in. Now the YouTube page is still kind of new. So hopefully we get those numbers up. We'll see where we go from here. Senior Bowl is around the corner. I'm working my way to get over there and we can bring you guys some content for that. Uh, so cheers to you guys who've tuned in and listened this entire time. We do appreciate it. So I'm going to pour up a shot for that. A little yes. Florida fresh Ooh. bottle. Oh man, I wish I had that. I just finished up some whiskey, but that was what it's, I'm talking uh, about. The 18, 18 year age one. Oh my God. Oh that's baby. That's my go-to. That's so it. Let's, so let's get into it, man. Uh, first let's to start off with rest in peace, John Madden. Wow, um, isn't that that's that was wild. It's that unfortunate. Wild. He's 85, he was 85 years old when he passed away. Um, and you know, we haven't heard from him or seen him in a long time. Oh, wow. So Madden to me, the game that comes to mind is obviously the catch two with TO. Right? Oh, that yeah, I mean that was a yeah, he was on. I mean, what a game that was. Yeah. Huh. It's it's wild because 
it's just a voice that's synonymous with football. Big game. Even even the the wild shit that you would just laugh about, right? When he was just rambling yeah. for a little bit. But it's just a guy that when he spoke, you could just feel the love of the game. You know he was a smart guy. Mm. Uh, but he's – yeah, I mean he's just – he just <laughs> loved football. And even if he was saying something crazy, like – you you'd laugh and chuckle, but you know the dude knows what he's talking about. You know he's a football head, but it's like it's damn yeah, right? Boop, boop. But man, it's just it's a big loss for football in general to have such a such a guy like that, such a presence. Um, like you said, it's been a while since he's done anything um, in terms of announcing or anything of, of that nature. But but we'll always remember, especially you know guys our age, right? With Madden football and hearing his voice oh, yeah. on Sundays, like it's whether it's Super Bowls or just Sunday, just big, big games. I mean, he was there. He's synonymous with football. He's a champion. And uh, rest in peace. Like, geez, man. Absolutely. It's um, rest in peace to the legend, John, John Madden. And, you know, a lot of folks are going to remember him because of the video game. The game we still play. And we played the kids. I still play it. Um, yep. I'm taking people's money for work by playing right. it last couple nights. Awesome. <laughs> shark. Uh, shark over here. You know, so... I mean, as much as I complain about the product of the game, it's we all run to buy it. Like it doesn't even matter. We still run to go buy that game. So, um, recipes, John Madden. Thank you for all the great games you gave us. Even though a lot of times that he called those games, it was Brett Favre versus Steve Young, and Brett Favre would be the bane of my existence as a yeah, child. You get hours. those wins more than we would get them. That's for sure. Yeah. And then the one game that brought brought up uh, there was an Eagles versus Eagles Monday Night game against the Niners in Santa Clara. He had his turducken. I don't know if anyone remembers. He had like the turkey, the duck, the chicken, and then his like stuffing. <laughs> and it, just, it was just wild. And he broke it. He, like he cut it. I remember that specifically for some reason. Jeff Garcia started. Kevin Barlow was on the team. T.O. was still there. Mm-hmm. And he's like cutting it with his hand on TV. It's just, it was really weird. Al Michaels is like grossed out about it. It's just yeah. really weird. So Only John. Only John. Yeah. Mr. Madden, baby. He could do whatever yeah. he wants. Man. Absolutely. So recipes, John Madden. On to some good news, yeah. Fernando. You have the jersey on. I mean, they just floss this this old school Reebok, John. Oh, that's my guy right there. Jersey on. Patrick Ooh. Williams and Brian Young have been selected as finalists for the Hall of Fame class of 2022. Um, getting this far is kind of where you want to be, right? You got this far. That means you're not. You're gonna. You're gonna get in eventually. Yeah. Like you might. Might be not. It might not be this year, but not be next year. It might be a year after. But I think Brian Young has the best chance to get in, and Patrick might have to wait another year. But I think Brian Young's getting in this year. Patrick Willis, Brian Young won Rookie of the Year the year yeah. the Niners went to um, for the Defensive Rookie of the Year. The Niners went to the Super Bowl that year, won against the Chargers, and then of course we all know Patrick Willis's run. Like it was just remarkable. Those two guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And while we're here talking about Hall of Fame, Roger Craig needs to be in already. Should be. Absolutely. It should be that should be done already. Um, but congratulations to those two. Well deserved, earned. I don't want to hear anything about longevity when it comes to Patrick. If you let Terrell Davis in and Calvin Johnson's in. Right. Patrick was every bit as good as those guys at his position when he played. I don't want to hear it. Put him oh in. Oh my god. Yeah. He's in. Look, not everybody gets to play the game 15, 20. Like, it doesn't happen in the NFL, right? So for Patrick Willis to 
to completely, there, there was no like getting used and getting acclimated to the NFL. I mean, this dude went right from college to being a pro bowler. I, I mean, there was no, no layoff. There was no year or two to get used to it. There was no, it, this guy went and he was playing on bad 49er teams and he was going yeah. out there and just wrecking, you know, I'll remember, I always remember the, um, what was it? Was it, it was, I believe it was the chase down. It was Adrian Peterson. I, I can't, I feel like he ran almost the length of the field. I mean, to have a linebacker be playing and then go out there on the sideline and just run down, uh, whether I think it's a running back, it might've been Adrian Peterson, but I, I also remember him at Ole Miss, you know, just destroying people, just absolutely yeah. destroying people. So excited to have him. This is why I'm big on linebackers is because of a guy like Patrick Willis. Like he was one of the few defensive players, you know, growing up, I'm a, I was a massive Jerry Rice and Steve Young fan. Yeah. Right. I was a little too young for, for the, the Joe Montana glory years. Right. So those were my two guys, Jerry and Steve. And, uh, and in all honesty, man, Patrick Willis made me really made me focus on defense because I yeah, enjoyed absolutely. watching him play defense. And of course, prime, right. Those are guys that just transcend the game. But as a linebacker for Patrick Willis to just walk into the NFL and do what he did for, I believe he made a pro bowl his first seven years in the league. I mean, this yeah. guy was out there just making shit happen and my biggest regret, and then we we talked about it a little bit ago, is he he never got a ring. And there's a there's a good amount of 49ers from our generation that that didn't get a ring that we wish we wish did. And he's absolutely yeah. one of them. It's that group. It's that Harbaugh group. Joe, Frank, Pat. Mm-hmm. You know, however you feel about Vernon Davis. You know, yeah. however you feel about him, but he still is a part of those really good teams. So those guys deserve a ring. Patrick Willis for his career, seven time Pro Bowler, five time All Pro. 2017 AP uh, Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year and the All 2010 team. Like he was just, that's who he was. He was just, he was that dude. So good. Um, And talk to football heads. I mean, talk to professional football players and you bring up Patrick Willis and they know. I mean, this dude was different. I mean, the speed, the brains, what he brought to the defensive side of the game was just wild. And frankly, at his position, I mean, this guy, he was a, a pure, a true leader, so passionate and a great guy. He just played the game the right way and you just, you can't help but root. And it's unfortunate that we can condense it into Yes, Vernon got yes, a ring. In, all right. All hey, right. Let me he should got a ring in San Francisco. San Francisco, exactly. Yeah, because, and I say that with Vernon because of his <laughs> playoff performances all three That's years. Right. He was just dominant in the playoffs. So, yes, Cameron, thank you for the correction. They did win one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, God, man, that Patrick Willis, I Uh, still gets me choked up hearing him retire. You know, when when I believe the feet started to go on him, right? And, and, yeah, because I, I mean, what I love the most is he did. He wasn't one of those guys to like just linger around and and try and play two more games and then be off for five or six. And he was like, look, I, I know that my best days are behind me. I know where I'm at and this is it. Yeah. Best pregame speeches. I mean, you got guys like Ray Lewis as linebackers. that just make you want to run through a wall. Ryan Dawkins, those three Patrick Willis was just like that. And frankly, I think he's less corny than, 
than Ray Lewis because Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis <laughs> gets on my nerves sometimes. Patrick Willis was just a fucking footballer. Like he every Sunday, yeah. that's it, and that's all you heard about him, right? Absolutely. And he's out there doing the techie things now and and making his money. And I'm just, I'm just proud of the career he had. I wish it was longer. I wish we could have had him out there yeah. longer. But man, yeah, mm, Pat, gave us, Pat gave us a good, very good seasons. Um, the only time he had under a hundred tackles in his career was 2011 uh, where he missed three games. And then 2014, his final season, he only, he only played six games. Um, every other year was 174, 141, 152, 128, 120, 104. Uh, QB hits at one point in 2009, he had 11. Tigers for lost 13. Like what? Yep. Like, come on. Um, with Patrick, and the thing, and I, I feel more attached to Patrick than I do Brian, Brian, Brian Young because we watched him more. Right? We were more aware of what was going on in football. I don't ever get emotional about sports. Like Derek Jeter retiring, Mariano Rivera retiring, Ooh. Patrick retiring was one that was like Jesus. Like, and it, the thing, the worst part about that was the 2015 transition. Like everyone was leaving, so we just had this really good run of football, three three playoffs, then the eight and eight year, and then boom, everybody's gone. So my wife, being the nice woman that she is, she went out, and I'm going to put it up here. Yeah. Do it. Show it off, baby. Come on. She went out and bought me an autographed jersey. Got it framed. It's not the best frame, but we're going to work on this. Either way, an autographed Patrick Willis jersey, which probably at the time, I don't know what it cost her, but right now, if I were to appraise it, it's probably worth five, 600 bucks. You're right. And she was a college student when she was doing that. So I appreciate it for that. Um, mm. So, you know, with Patrick, sucks. It sucks that he, his career ended early, but he most definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Whether that be this year, next year, a couple of years down the road, he should be in. Um, I don't want him to wait too long. He shouldn't wait too long, but that is what it is. So congratulations to those two gentlemen for excellent careers and being finalists for the final 15 for the Hall of Fame. So absolutely. And and look, I mean, it's awesome because we're such a sword franchise and to continue to have players, you know, on the line to be considered for the Hall of Fame is such an awesome honor, especially as a fan of the San Francisco 49ers to to see these names continue to be brought up. And whether or not Patrick Ellis has to hold off a little bit longer or not, it, it's just a matter of time. And I would ask for anybody who whether you're familiar with him or not, just go on YouTube, man. Just go on YouTube and type in Patrick Willis, best plays. Type in the one I was talking about, about running down. It was actually a wide receiver. It was the Cardinals. And uh, and he goes out there with his speed. I mean, we're talking like, I don't know, 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, speed at the linebacker position, stopping the run, chasing guys down. Um, you know, we get excited when, when you find guys in the NFL that now, at this point in their time that do everything well. Or you may have some guys that just maybe stop the run or can go out there and cover. You know, we talk, we give Fred Warner, we give Fred Warner a ton of praise, right? Because he can go out there and cover. You know, <laughs> Patrick Willis was that guy that was doing everything at first. And then when he got a guy like, uh, oh my gosh, right? I mean, when when all of a sudden then you throw in a guy like Navarro Bowman with his skill set with Patrick, I mean, it was, it was just nuts to see both of those guys out there. It was just, it was just wild. But even those years where he was just pretty much by himself, right. Going out there doing his thing, he was doing everything. 
yep. everything. And then just whether or not we were a terrible team record wise, he was going out there just balling, like just doing his job, being a leader at the highest level. So I just, I'll tip my hat to him. And it's just a matter of time, man. But uh, anytime I can talk about Patrick Willis, I get excited because he's, that's my guy right there. Yeah, we know there, there's no Patrick Willis slander allowed in my vicinity. No, thank you. Frank or Joe Staley or Vernon Davis. Those four, to me, are locks for Done just too. my Niner fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently the Niners sit at eight and seven. They have yeah. the Houston Texans coming in to San Francisco. Christmas weekend happens. Uh, John Lynch likes a tweet. The internet explodes. Um, next thing you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has a right thumb injury. And so we didn't get to break this down right away. Cause I, I yeah. wanted to do it, but you did. You said for everyone that's watching, Javi wanted to take his time with this one. He didn't want to jump all right away. Well, at least with the fourth and goal podcast and really talk about it. Yeah. He really want, he just want to let some things settle first. Yeah, and I mean that's why I'm excited about tonight because he let's like so, I'm ready to open it up. So Jimmy Garoppolo, he played, he plays the game against Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? We all know what happened. So my thing automatically, I went to okay, right thumb injury, and they say when it happened, it happened in the second quarter. Okay, fine. Kyle Shanahan says night with 19 seconds left in the game, he did not want the 49ers offense to commit a turnover. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe he knew about the injury. Sure. Cool. If you knew about the injury and you knew it wasn't right, why'd you bring him back out there? Because the minute they get out there on the field in the second half, the first thing Jimmy does is throw an interception. And then now the game is tied. And now you're like, oh, shit. So to me, it just the reporting of it made no sense. The timeline of how everything happened made no sense, right? Like, just some of the comments leading up to the game made no sense. So I really wanted to get to, because Matt Mayoko brought up some really good points, and I think yeah, yeah. the timeline of it, would make, I think what got a lot of fans really weirded out about it was Kyle initially saying on Monday that Jimmy had a sprained thumb. Mm-hmm. Not maybe, maybe an hour later, Adam Schefter, Ian Rapport say, it's a fracture. It's a UCL tear. So then you're thinking, wait a second, who's telling what? And, and when you, when people think fracture, I'm not a doctor. When people think fracture, people think break, right? Like a big break. Yep. So Kyle has to go on and explain the situation uh, yesterday or Wednesday. So whenever you're hearing this on your, in the audio, Wednesday, he goes on the presser and explains what this, what the issue was. So I just found a couple of things interesting. So I'm gonna go to Matt Mayoko. Okay. Who, who brought it up on his podcast. So I'm going to pull that audio real quick and then pull another audio and then do the Kyle Shanahan. So I just want people to kind of see how maybe I'm off. I'm trying to piece these things together. I'm not trying to create a conspiracy theory. I'm just trying to, I think the, the comments from Matt Mioka about Jimmy's camp make a lot of sense about the situation. So let's get to Matt Mioko. Specifically is his thumb fractured and Shanahan's answer was no, it's a thumb sprain then he went on to say, I think you guys know how those are. It didn't feel great today, meaning Monday, and he wasn't able to throw, but we'll see how it goes on Wednesday. Hopefully it gets better. So about 
two hours after Kyle Shanahan answered it that way, uh, there became some some national reports. Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network uh, cited sources describing a chipped bone and a torn ligament in the throwing hand, his thumb. And then Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that Garoppolo had a fractured thumb and a tear to the ulnar collateral ligament of the thumb. So that's an injury that has plagued some quarterbacks in the past. In fact, as recently as 2019, Drew Brees missed six games with that injury. Um, So uh, he he left one game um, early with the injury and then didn't play in the next five. So in other words, it, it looks pretty significant and it certainly at this point would appear as if Trey Lance uh, will be in line to start Sunday for the 49ers against the Houston Texans. Yeah, that's. Hmm. So there's that Matt kind of lays it out, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Conspiracy Theory. I'm not putting tinfoil hats. I'm just trying to piece these things together. I think people should under, I think fans should try to understand this and I'm trying to understand it because there is a business element to all this. Yeah. I went and looked up Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. $7.5 million is guaranteed in 2022 for injury. Just saying. All right. Okay. Next thing from, from Matt Mayoko about what I think came from Jimmy Garoppolo's camp because Kyle only mentions a sprain. Now, Kyle may have only heard of it being a sprain, right? So maybe, maybe Kyle did not know fully. Or if Kyle knew fully, he just didn't disclose all the information. But Matt Mayoko had some very interesting comments. Here's Matt again. If you're with Jimmy Garoppolo and you're in his camp, you want people to know what's going on with him. You want people to know that he played half of the game on Thursday night with a thumb that was severely damaged. And you want people to know that the interception that he threw to open the second half was a throw that he probably doesn't make or it doesn't sail on him quite like that if he were healthy. You also want people to understand just how serious this injury is in case he doesn't play on Sunday, that people have all the information. And then also, if he does play, you want people to know that he's, he's playing, ah. he's, he's sucking it up, he's tough. And if he doesn't, you know, if he's not completely sharp, you know the reasons why. So th- that's, that's where we're at right now uh, w- with this situation with um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Certainly doesn't look like like he's going to be available. And now it's up to Trey Lance, more than likely, right? More. Than- but wait, there's more. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan on Wednesday. Here's Kyle. Um, you said it was a, a thumb sprain on Monday. And then after you, you said that, um, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport both reported that there was more significant damage. Uh, one reported a chipped bone, another reported a fracture of the thumb. Can you kind of clear that up and, and whether uh, surgery is in the future for Garoppolo? Yeah, I've been told he does not need surgery right now. Um, the, to clear that up, the reason that was worded that way is because that's the way it was worded to me. He does have a great, there's three types of um, sprains and 
he has a grade three sprain since I got to give you guys, I guess, more information to clear up Ian and Adam's tweet. Um, it is a grade three sprain. The reason they never mentioned to me a fracture is because that really had, didn't have much to do with it. When you, on the, the third degree sprain that he has on his UCL ligament, when that is ripped up, it pulled off a little fleck of his bone. And so whatever, when there's a bone that has anything off of it, you can call it a fracture, you can call it a chip, you can call it something, um, but that really isn't what's keeping him out. It's the, the third degree sprain that he has, um, but because it's not moving and stuff, he doesn't need surgery, and he has a chance to play this week. Okay. Got it, yeah, Kyle. I'm so happy awesome. we heard all of that. I'm so happy you put that all together, Javi. It's... <laughs> Talk to us. Talk to us. This morning, again, I went to overthecap.com. There is a little note in there. Uh, It says, because Garoppolo played 50% of the snaps in regular season and playoffs, and 49ers made an NFC Championship game in 2019, $7.5 million of Garoppolo's 2021 and 2022 base salary became guaranteed for injury. Just saying. So, if he doesn't pass a physical, I think by April 1st, the new league year, the Niners would have to pay him at the very least seven and a half million dollars. Yep. That may be here. That may not be here nor there because he might be traded before that and whatever. Um, but that was just an interesting nugget. My whole thing here is I, I, I'm with Matt Mayoko here, right? We all knew like who got dumped on the most after that loss, Jimmy Garoppolo, like yep. a lot Easy. of the fan base ourselves. I almost everyone. I dumped, I dumped all. Yes. Yes. Right. So you'd want that information to be out like, listen, this guy played with a sprained thumb, UCL tear, grade three, there's a fracture, but really it's not a fracture. So the imagery that is painted in a lot of fans' head is, oh shit, his finger's broken and he played through it. So he looks like a tough guy and I'm not trying to disparage anything he did because he still led a touchdown drive in the second half, he did. right? So it's still there. So, and yes, he probably played through adrenaline and got through it. But the thing is, it just... It, to me, it just feels like this is getting very weird. Like the Niners, the Niners and, and Jimmy have kind of got to an impasse here. It's like, okay, you're over here, you know, hyping up Trey. And then you say what you said about me. Kyle's like, yeah, I don't think Jimmy's gotten better. The guys around him gotten better. Like you're kind of these soft compliments and kind of soft digs all the way through yep. while you're like raising up your other guy. But it's all the same, you know, it's fine. So I just think there's a little bit more here to what's being told to us. I think Jimmy is actually hurt. I think he is hurt. He went out Wednesday to practice. He did not complete his throwing session or he did complete his throwing session. Didn't go well today. He was seen in just street clothes or just sweatpants or whatever, not throwing or not practicing. He hasn't thrown a ball since the Thursday night game. I don't expect him to play on Sunday against the Texans. I don't expect him to finish the season to be quite honest. I think, I think Trey gets the next two and we'll see what happens come playoff time. Okay. Um, to me, Jimmy said he's, he's told, he told the trainers, I just find it's really weird that if he told the trainers, why wasn't he pulled? Why did we not see any rap on the finger? Why did we not see any medical attention on the sidelines? It just, yeah. So here, yeah. So black 59 razor feels very Nolan Alex Smithish, just thumb, not a shoulder. Yeah. Like it just feels it just feels weird at this point, right? Yeah. Am I am I off? I don't think I'm off. No, no, man, you're not. It, it it is weird, and this is all. This is this is money moves. You brought up contract. You brought up injury and making sure like these are money. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's camp. 
which they're doing right by Jimmy. This is what they should do. If they're leaking something in, in, in addition to what Kyle is saying so that people understand the gravity or of the injury, that's fine. But Kyle Shanahan's 100% correct, right? If you're talking about a grade three sprain and then it pulling a piece of a bone, that is that is 100% a fact. You could say I fractured, I broke, whatever you wanted, as long as a chip, a piece of a bone broke off. And I only say that because, mind you, I'm not a fucking quarterback. You know this. I'm a, I'm a normal man. My, I think it was my junior year, our junior year of high school, our junior year of high school, I had a grade three sprain of my ankle during my, I played volleyball guys, so don't make fun, but I was a volleyball player, snapped my ankle, grade three sprain, and I broke, I believe it was called a talus. And I only remember, I, I don't know if that's on the heel of my bone, I, I, on, my, on my foot, I forget where the, exactly that is, but it's been a while. But I had a grade three sprain and it broke a piece of my talus as the ligament ripped off. I didn't need surgery, but I guess theoretically I could have said I fractured my ankle and tore ligaments. Either way, all I did was I had a grade three sprain and I went through whatever time it took for it to heal and got back and, and got to work. Mind you, he's a quarterback. He throws with that hand. You know, I played volleyball. I jumped off that leg. Like, I mean, it was, he can't throw. Fine. that That's fine. But if we're talking for money purposes or making things seem, you know, a, a different, a different light to an injury. Cool, man. Like your camp's going to got to do what's in your best interest. Kyle Shanahan isn't a doctor. He said he hears grade three sprain. He sprained his, he sprained his thumb, whatever. He didn't, I apologize. He didn't make it seem as severe as it was, but, and I agree with Dawson, right? If he, if he was that hurt, don't play. You shouldn't play, right? You shouldn't have played. If you were that hurt, you shouldn't have. So here's my thing is let's not play the game. Like I wouldn't have like Matt and Matt is saying Matt from what you brought up is just saying, you know, from Jimmy's camp, what they're trying to do here. So let's not act like you wouldn't throw a fucking shitty interception. Cause we've seen you do that completely healthy weekend and weekend. We've seen you do that, bro. So let's not pretend like, it's one thing you want to gut it out and say, Hey, look, man, I, my finger was pretty fucked up. I didn't know what happened. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a trooper. We're out here trying to make playoffs. I want to play. I'm cool with that, but let's, let's just be real here. Like Jimmy is who he is. He hurt yeah. himself. That is Jimmy Garoppolo, Mr. I can't stay healthy. And he, unfortunately he hurt himself and he has yeah. a legitimate injury, but Money's money. And so you got to paint the picture and you got to keep this, you know, if it, if I'm in his camp, we got to keep the stock at a certain level and just try and paint this picture that, look, if this didn't happen, we probably would have went out there and tore it up the second half. Whether that's true or not, he went out there and played. He made the turnovers. He did his thing. I'm not going to put too much weight one way or another. At the end of yeah. the day, he's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah. Trey's, Trey's got to play. And I lo- honestly loved how Kyle Shanahan handed that question, like handled that question altogether. I thought that was awesome the way he handled yeah. it. Yeah, he's kind of pissed. He's he's kind of over it. It's annoying. Like, I mean, like I said, grade three. I'm not a doctor. I uh, grade three spring. Like, uh, what do you want me to do? You want me to get down in the details? And I'm not yeah. a doctor. I'm just a coach. I'm telling you what people are telling me. Yeah. So I will. We'll we'll, we'll put a bow on this. I, I just think. Yeah. 
I think Jimmy Jimmy got hurt. He didn't want to say anything because because of the last month of the Niners it's basically lifting up Trey, right? So if Jimmy miss if Jimmy comes out of that game, Trey goes in, let's just say Trey lights it up. Yep. Do does Jimmy lose his job essentially, right? So there's a fear of that. Right? He goes, the Niners lose that game, emotional loss, guys were pissed off, whatever. Does Kyle and do Kyle and Jimmy kind of have a disagreement after the game? Jimmy goes home for Christmas. He's got the family like, yeah, you know what? Fuck those Niners. Fuck those guys. You've done all this and da da da. You can't, Kyle can't win without you. You know, fuck that guy, right? Jimmy goes, sees his doctor at home. They get this imaging like, hey, he has a sprain. They, the not, the Don Yee and the not, Jimmy Camp say, hey, Niners, Jimmy has a sprained thumb. Okay, that's all they told him. And then once Kyle puts that report, Kyle says it in the press conference. And then an hour later, Ian and Schefter, boom, 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 fracture UCL tear. It's like, what the fuck it comes out of nowhere? Yep. So then you kind of, to me, it's kind of a controlled narrative, right? Because Jimmy's like, oh, exactly. I played her. I'm a tough guy. I played her. I played through all this. And, you know, this is probably why we lost, probably why through this interception, et cetera, et cetera. So then you get to, you know, was, I, I, my question is, was Jimmy in the building on Monday? No one saw him. They had that. So that was my question. Was he there? Um, so, you know, they get in Wednesday, you have the press conference. I just think there's a lot of other things going on here with the situation. I don't blame. So let me, I'll be very clear. I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo if his camp is trying to control something here. No, they should be. That's their job. Jimmy has value in the league, right? He's going to be a mid-level starter somewhere else next year. So protecting his value as much as possible is ideal here. I don't blame Jimmy for not disclosing anything if he didn't, if his camp didn't, because at the end of the day, the Niners have been trying to get rid of you for three years. So Jimmy should be like, fuck you guys. I'm going to protect myself all the way through. So I don't blame him for that either. Um, I, Matt, uh, Guy Herman just said it. He said it perfectly. He's like, it is surprising. It's taken this long for this situation to get this weird when it comes to Jimmy, Trey, and Kyle. This like entanglement quarterback situation. Yeah, I am surprised it's taken this long. You're right. We've talked about this too. Like this is partially a self-inflicted pain that the 49ers have brought upon themselves through their decision-making. They've brought this upon themselves by having him continue despite painting this narrative that like, Hey, look like this kind of like, this is the bridge year. He's going to give us a chance to win, but we're, we're out here putting all our chips in a different basket, but we got this guy here. Cause you know, we, we did go to the super bowl in 2019, but at the end of the day, when you look at the entire NFC West, right. You, you want to look at Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure here with the 49ers. Well, here we go. Here we, uh, Cody, I was at the game Thursday and visibly saw Kyle flip out on Jimmy as Jimmy walked away from him. Probably third quarter was weird at the moment. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a very difficult relationship because week in and week out, if Jimmy Garoppolo misses a throw that Kyle believes is an easy throw, you're you're seeing Kyle's frustration on the sidelines. Yeah. Right? We saw it in, in Chicago. Yeah. Right? So we were there right on that sideline. We're watching Kyle get pissed off, tell Trey to warm up because Jimmy's just not in a rhythm yet. So we're seeing this week in and week out and just think in terms of just pure production. Like if you're, if you're Jimmy, that's tough, man. Every time you miss a throw, you're going to kind of peek over that sideline and see your head coach who, you know, doesn't, doesn't have a full amount of confidence within you altogether, right. Has been kind of, 
uh, every compliment comes with a couple digs on the side. Like every, like for, ye- for a few years now, I mean, it's got to be hard to play through that. Mm-hmm. But now I look at the end, you know, you're a pro and Jimmy has always been a pro about things and your camp's got to do what's in your best interest, not in what's the 49ers best interest. It's got to be your stock and how do we promote you so that when they decide to move on, that's fine, right? Narrative is everything. We got to paint the picture if we're in Jimmy's camp. Whereas Kyle's got to do, Kyle's got to worry about like everyone individually's momentum and where we're at mentally and then the team all together and make sure they're performing. So Kyle's under some heat. Jimmy's under a lot of heat. And then all I, all I could do is just look at the NFC West and I look at our quarterbacks and I look at, uh, we can start with uh, the worst team. And I love saying this, the worst team in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Right. We could start. We could talk about we could start there and go their quarterback up until this year has never missed a game. Right. We're talking nine years of playing 16 games of football. Right. And then we can go to Kyler Murray, who's been in the league for what, three years? In his first two years, he's played 16 games of football. And this year, unfortunately, with uh, was it his hamstring um, or whatever injury, ankle, ankle injury? You know, he missed some games this year. Then you want to go to Stafford, and Stafford, plays prior to everything. him moving over, plays through everything. I mean, this guy had eight consecutive years playing 16 games, and then he was hurt. And then, you know, he bounces back, plays another 16, and, and he's, you know, on pace to play a full season with Los Angeles. So you're talking – you're looking at an NFC West, and then you're looking at a Jimmy Garoppolo who in his entire tenure here – as a 49er has played one full season. So paint the picture of however you want it. The guy can't play 16 games. Like he just, whether he does that at his next job or whether he doesn't, I don't care. Jimmy Garoppolo is who he is. He's a, he's relatively injury prone. There's always going to be something bugging him. And we're in a division where every quarterback and Kyler's just started his career. We'll see how this goes. But his first yeah. two years, he played 16. He's in a division where these quarterbacks are out there playing every single week. Sorry, bro. Yeah. At some point, you know, you got to cut ties. If you can't be out there. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, Cassidy in the comments, he said, Jimmy said, I'm not that person to be telling you about not telling or I'm not that person to tell you about injuries. Right. Um, so Jake Hudson, shout out to Jake. Uh, we met him in Chicago. Um, Garoppolo on why he didn't mention thumb injury after loss. For multiple reasons, that's just not me. Even when it happened on the sideline, I tried to be low-key about it and just tell the trainers I knew there was a camera and everything wasn't trying to put that out there. Um, I'm going to call horseshit on that, Jim, because you literally told us all about your calf issue when you had the calf issue, right? You told us all last year about your ankle injury when you had the ankle injury. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not buying that. The multiple reasons, like that, from, to me, the first three words, four multiple reasons, Probably going to get benched. Trey looks good. Worried about your job. That's all. Yeah, that is 100%. We can put a bow on that. I, yeah. I don't I don't want to feel like I'm knocking the guy. I know he's hurt. I'm just saying this is where we're at in this situation, yeah. and it, it's come to this. Yeah. So moving forward, yeah. there's a question here earlier. Um, we're going to get to this. We're going to dig into this uh, Trey Lance thing. So Trey Lance is expected to start. Uh, Cody in the comments, do you really think Lance is carving up the defense? No, I don't. 
There it is. I really don't. Um, and it's not, not big on Trey. I just think if he had been doing these type of things, why did Jimmy have such a long leash in Seattle? He had the long leash in Tennessee. To me, Trey Lance is playing out of necessity right now. I still, right now, after the last three days of me just pondering and talking to some people, to me, it feels like Kyle Shanahan prefers to play Jimmy Garoppolo right now. And he fully intended to going the entire season with Jimmy Garoppolo, regardless what me, you, anyone had said in an in opinion base of, hey, start Trey, start Trey, get the development process started. To me, I think Kyle feels comfortable enough to draw up a game plan. As long as Jimmy doesn't make mistakes, this team's going to win games. Yep. You know that based on the numbers, 7-0 with no interceptions. Yep. Or 7-0 with no interceptions. So to me, I'm starting to question. Now, you can call me a hater. Call me whatever you want. I'm starting to have questions about Kyle Shanahan himself. Ooh. Is he? Okay. I guess the question I'm going to ask you or just the, the audience. If yeah, you, let's throw it out there. and uh, Everyone. Let's all talk is about Kyle it. Shanahan the right guy to develop this quarterback? Why I okay? So, ha, why are you asking that question? The reason I asked the question is something I said several times over and over and over again on this podcast and on Twitter and just speaking to people. Kyle Shanahan and his, you know, group think of coaches: Safansky, McVeigh, Lafleur, the other Lafleur, his dad. They're they've all had this idea that this system, this offensive system makes the quarterback. The quarterback does not make this offensive system. So basically, if you are a competent enough quarterback, you're going to be successful, i.e. Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. Sure. Now, you look at the guys with the bigger upside, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, John Elway, Steve Young. Those guys have found way more success. So my question is, is, is Kyle the right guy to do this? Because can Kyle let go of the reins of his offense and allow a playmaker like Trey to one run his offense, but also deviate from the structure to allow this team to go forward. Because I was thinking about it. Kyle Shanahan called a perfect Super Bowl, right? No matter what he did, it worked for the most part. I say 90% of it worked and all that got destroyed by a guy who deviated from Andy Reid's plan was able to make plays off structure and made plays within structure. So he got Mahomed. Right. And that's why these guys are chasing these type uh, of players. The Jordan Love, the Trey Lance. Who knows what the Browns are going to do with, with Baker Mayfield? Because they may look elsewhere. We just I think, saw. I think they need to. We just saw McVeigh ship golf to Siberia. Golf has one win this season. And Stafford is, you know, executing his offense at a high level. So the question is can Kyle, is Kyle the correct guy to develop this? Trey Lance, and is he capable of letting go and allowing this guy to make plays? Because I was just thinking about it. We we saw Fern. We watched Andy Reid and McNabb, Kevin Cobb, Mike Vick, all those years in Philadelphia. And I'm using yeah. Andy Reid as an example because Andy Reid, he's always talked about. Yes, he likes to play within structure, but the guys he keeps picking or been around are guys who were successful out of structure. Mahomes, the McNabb, the Vic. So he lives with both. Can Kyle live with both? I think it's a fair discussion. I think it's a fair question. I don't that, know if I'm that, it's a no, fair question. No, that's that's I hope that's I, I hope extremely. I uh, 
I hope I kind of frame the question correctly, but that that's no, just to I, me like Yeah, that's a big question. And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe we had thought, at least for me personally, as much as you know I like Trey Lance going into the draft, um he's scared to lose complete control of his offense. And Axel, I, I think that that's fair because when you are the the whiz kid, when you are the guy, right? Like you are that guy where everyone's like, hey, this guy is an offensive genius. He is a head coach that he's the next this or Bill Belichick. And people start throwing names out and this, that, and the other. Yeah, Kyle is in most instances the smartest guy in the room. And it gets to a point where you have to decide, do you want to let an athlete be an athlete? Even if that means going away from the pure X's and O's that you drew up. Do you want a guy to be able to improvise? Go ahead. Real quick to the comment here. Fred, Trent, Kittle, not going to lie, in reference to hyping up Trey. I will also say they're not going to say anything negative about him in the media either. Just saying. That's true. Okay, so go ahead. No, no. Yeah, no. So in my head, I go, I go back to the coach. And if you are the coach that wants to get all the credit, right, if you are more, hey, I need to be the focal point of this team. That's a tricky place to be in as opposed to letting all your players get all the light. And then eventually, you know, that that'll all come back to you anyway. You win enough football games, you win some championships. You know, people are going to say this is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And Kyle is one of the smartest guys in the entire NFL. Debo is a perfect example of Kyle letting it fly. He isn't that rigid. Come on. That's true. But that's a wide receiver. That's not a quarterback. Quarterback. That's not a quarterback. Because Kyle. Kyle. Kyle knows He's watched the film. He has done the homework. When he calls a play, but I he agree. already anticipates. He's I do agree. What's going to happen? Go I ahead. do agree with Niners Warrior in the comments that he's not that rigid. I agree, but I also know I Kyle. So. I, I also know Kyle's also mentioned positionless football, so that's why he's drafted the way he's drafted, or hope to have drafted the way he's drafted. So yes, good point, uh, Niners Warrior. You you would hope he is. He, he has some. You would hope he has some. Uh, some things from his father and then him being a younger guy in the league that he's, he's incorporated a little bit of everything. You would hope he's not that old school where it's, this is how it's going to do. And this is how I do it. And that's it. So I would hope he has some flexibility in terms of his players. And I'd hope you would allow your athletes to be athletes. Cause that's the biggest thing I think sometimes with coaching is can you, can you go away from just feeling like you got to over coach somebody and just, just, tip your hat and say that was a fucking great athletic play. Can you yeah. can you do that or do you feel like you need to rein him back in and say, "Hey Trey, cool and all, but I need you to do this instead. I need you to check down to this guy because and I'm not 100% sure and I I agree with you in terms of my reluctancy to just fully, you know, embrace that Kyle's like, "Hey Trey, go out there and be you." Like I'm not 100%. I I think Kyle's going to have a going into this week, I think we're going to see a little bit more freedom from Trey to do his thing as opposed to maybe in Arizona. I think this is a great situation for Trey to go in, unlike Arizona, you know, looking at the schedule. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for Trey. And frankly, my big question mark between the two is when it's all said and done, is Trey, and I'll ask you this because you asked me a question and now it's led me to another question. Is Trey the quarterback that Kyle wanted with 100% certainty? Because that, to me, is going to be 
the biggest deciding fact? Because if if Trey is who Kyle wanted, because my biggest issue between maybe a Justin Fields and a Trey was how much are you willing to coach Trey up? Because Trey's ceiling might be limitless, but how much do you actually want to coach this guy? Where maybe yeah. Justin can do a couple more things right off the bat, but are you ready to coach this kid? And if if Trey is not Kyle's guy, yeah, then you're you're gonna see the reins and you're gonna see a, a very um limited offense based on what Kyle feels comfortable letting Trey do. Whereas, you know, with with Harbaugh, let's just say Harbaugh with Kaepernick. Yeah. When he when Kaepernick went in there, Harbaugh let him roll. Like yeah. this, this this was his offense. And is is that going to be the case when Trey gets out there again this weekend? So um the, to the, the last part about Kaepernick, uh, talking to Snyder and Joe, Cap did sit a whole year and sure. a half, and he understood yeah. the offense. And um, Cap was able to do both offenses, so that was that was part of it. So he played in Nevada. We all know that. So it's a little bit different. Um, did Kyle want Trey? Yeah, Kyle's the ultimate decision maker here. I think sure. no one's going to tell him no. Like, who's really going to tell him? Jed York's going to tell him no. Really? That's true. John Lynch can tell him no. No. Trey was his guy. Now, whether he landed on him as a last resort because he missed out on Rogers, Stafford, Watson, then yeah. And that was the guy he looked at, then cool, yeah, then that's his guy. So yeah, I think he's I think that's his guy. Um Cody in the comments here, uh I'm gonna actually play. I have the audio for that. Trent's interview sounded solid about Trey. He's so electrifying in person. KS will make it work. Was Pete Carroll the right coach for Russell? Was McCarthy the right coach for Rodgers? KS will figure it out. Uh, KS, KS stands for Kyle Shanahan. Brought Ayuk up back up right. Would make sense. He makes everyone better, just like Jimmy G. Um, the last part there, I don't think Jimmy G has gotten, gotten better at all since he's, he's been here. player but, since he's got here. But as far as lifting up other players around him, yes, Kyle has done very well with the wide receiver room. Debo, Ayuk, the guys who've been here have gotten better at wide receiver. I, I absolutely agree. Um, was Pete Carroll the right coach for Russell? Pete Carroll got to, had to be, had to be talked into Russell, and then uh, McCarthy wanted Rogers. Uh, that's why he left for left San Francisco for the Green Bay job and drafted him. So yeah, that was sure. that's part of that. Um, so let me get to the Trent Williams comments, which I think yeah, they're awesome. Really let's like. Let's hear it. All right. your relationship like with him what has he been like behind the scenes because we've heard from Kyle Shanahan giving him a lot of praise John Lynch especially as of late as they've seen him develop over the past few months I think that's what he's been doing he's been developing you know I think for him to be able to get game action sprinkled in um, actually start a game versus a really really good team a really good defense and uh, and, and get confidence even though we, we came up short um, it was only a one-score game at the end of the day, and um, he's been showing a, a lot of promise in practice. He's, um, he's been able to be in so many different offenses and so many different schemes. He's been able to run, doing scout team, working with so many different receivers. And uh, to me, I think I think the command that he's taken over that scout team quarterback role and, and the, the looks he's been giving the defense and the balls he's been throwing the defense – Man, he, he he has been looking really, really good versus a really good defense. So obviously, it's still practice. We don't want to get too high on that. But I mean, when you're looking for 
signs of development, they're, they're all in your face when you talk about Trey. What Im- what's impressed you the most about Trey Lance? Uh, just his competitive nature. His um, nothing is ever good enough. Like, you know, he can make a heck of a throw, but his, his mind is on the next throw. Or if he is having great throws and he has one bad throw, you you can instantly see that 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 puts a bad taste in his mouth. And I mean, it's everything you want to see out of a young quarterback. He's only twenty-one. You know, we asking a lot out of a 21-year-old, and he's under a magnifying glass. And he he's responding in, in, in a perfect way, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, like I said before, if he's a guy that we have to go in to battle with this weekend, I'm, you know, 100% confidence that he'll give us the give us the opportunity to win the game. And we can win the game off his back, not just by him playing um, you know, solid football. I think he can go and make the plays that can propel a football team to a W. And that's the talent he has, which is that's why he was big where he was. You know, so I, I obviously I have a ton of faith in him. I love it. Big praise. Love it. Big praise. So, yeah, no, it, you know, and I said, you know, the guys aren't going to say anything bad about him, but the, Trent went out of his way to say a lot. Really positive yeah. thing. So, um, do I believe the word? My thing is, the, the, the terms like dicing up and is Trey better now than he was beginning of the season? Probably. Right. Would I say he's dicing somebody up? I, I don't, I don't know. Right. Cause, because it's, it's to me, it's like, well, it's Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman. Right? Josh, like, I was just going to say that. Right. Those guys just kind of like they, they throw me off. So, um, do I think he has his ups and downs in practice? Yeah. And do I think, do I think Kyle's going to allow him to let it rip on Sunday? Absolutely not. I think we're going to see. I, I don't. I would be shocked if Trey throws over twenty-five passes on Sunday. Well, regardless of who's quarterback, the way this team's built is: if we can run the ball, we're going to run the ball, and we're yeah. going to do that until we can't do it. And considering where the Titans stack up. From uh, <laughs> that was such a d bag at twenty. Cody, I agree. I don't even. I was a. I was completely lost at twenty one years of age. I was just a, a wreck, just partying and looking for the for the next party. That was it. This guy's gonna run an offense, the San Francisco 49ers. And I do know that Trey is a smart kid, like you just mentioned, Cassidy, and and he was a guy I wanted going into the draft, and I kind of felt that maybe Kyle didn't want to do so much grooming and that he was going to go Justin Fields from our conversations. And yeah. I thought that might be the most logical pick. Um, but I was always very high on Trey, and I'm excited to see him get out there for a second time. And no matter how much film you can watch and coaching and practice, you got to get out there and play football to continue to get better. And so I'm, I'm interested to see him this weekend against a team that I think he should be able to do what he wants, really. You know, I, th- I think it's going to be there. Um, you know, they have some pieces that, that I like in Houston defensively, but overall we shouldn't have a problem. This should be a win. This is regardless of who's quarterback, we should be able to take care of business this weekend. Uh, I want to see Kyle draw it up for him, but again, with text, the Texans run defense. And if Elijah Mitchell's out there, you know, I would be surprised if Trey got to 
25, 26, 27 throws this weekend. I think it might be more in that 20, 23, maybe around that range. Um, anywhere from 18 to 23 throw. I, I, I think they're going to keep it low and they're going to run the heck out of the football and do a, a bunch of, you know, maybe design runs from Trey, given the opportunity where if he doesn't have his first option or sec, like he can just take off. Um, so I think we're going to do a good job scheming it up for him to be successful, but I want to just see how he commands the huddle and, and how yeah. he's throwing that ball. You know, how long is it going to take for him to get into rhythm? Cause we we've talked about him yeah. being a rhythm passer, you know, are we, is he going to sail the first three or four throws and make Kyle say, Whoa, okay, let's bring it back in here. Let's run the football a little bit more. Or is Kyle yeah. going to get him in rhythm real quick and give him some easy throws and allow him to settle in for, you know, those nerves and settle down. Cause he is 21 years of age. I mean, I'm excited for the future with the kid. Cause I do think he has so much upside and I do think he's going to be that guy that Kyle wants him to be, but you know, is that going to be this week? And these are two really important games. We have to win. We have to win this weekend. We have to win these games. Like we they have put to. Themselves in, they put themselves in this position by losing. Exactly. It's stupid by Seattle game. Losing to Tennessee and losing twice to Seattle, who's what won three games? Five. Well, they they, they beat five? us twice. They beat us they twice. Have, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to think we lost twice to Seattle, like that's just I mean, the worst absurd. team in a decade. That shit pisses me off. Yeah, but. <laughs> We put ourselves in a position where there are some teams here that if if they went out and we don't, it could get ugly. It could get weird. But I still think, you know, the odds are in our favor if we can just take care of business this week. And then then we'll worry about Los Angeles. Like, I, I you know, let's just take we got to take care of business this week. And I think Trey is more than capable of doing that. So what I want to see from Trey, you said it right. If he how, how fast does he get in rhythm? But what I want to see is what we saw in college, right? The biggest thing that that I missed, and I we, I've talked about it a hundred times when I was evaluating, evaluating, and for people like, oh, well, what do you do? I, yes, I sit down and watch tape a lot, and it's, I don't I don't have shit to do at eleven o'clock at night half the time. Um, Trey was under center a lot and ran the play action game, and his ability to take the ball from set from the center, turn his back to the defense, reset the image, and deliver balls all over the field with relatively good accuracy is something that I want to see from him in this game. I don't want to see him in shotgun all game. I don't want to see him running QB power all game. Do I want to run? Do I want to run him? Absolutely. But I want to run him in a read option way. Right. Yeah. So that way he's not taking these unnecessary hits. Um, I want to see what me and Leo talk about on the O'Hayther podcast. Give me the Jimmy gimmies. Jimmy gets a whole bunch of layups. Can we get those started so that way you get the kid in rhythm, exactly. right? That that underneath route where Kittle or Ayuk come underneath the offensive line after a bootleg, it's a half roll, and Ayuk or Kittle is wide open. That's a quick five-yard pass that ends up with 15 yards. Like, those are ways to get him in rhythm. So I want to see those things. I want to see a lot of drift routes from Debo, right? We all know the drift. That's That's the go-to. If he's hitting those consistently, and Debo's the slant god, that's what he was labeled out of the draft. Let's get those to Debo. Um, some screen plays, like, and just use a lot more motion. Now, now I will say this: Arizona game, Aaron was like, "Oh, he didn't play that great. He didn't have George Kittle. He didn't have the current version of Brandon Ayuk. Um, he didn't use Debo. The, the Niners weren't using Debo. Um, weren't using Debo as a runner as much at that time. Yeah. So those things are all there. 
right? And I, I think here Gustavo said it. Give Nick Mullen, give Trey the Nick Mullins offense. Yeah, just do that. Yeah. Do that. Because we saw Nick Mullins and, and CJ Beathard beat well, we saw CJ Beathard beat Arizona last year. That's by true. literally throwing the ball five yards down the field. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, Kyle? Like, I yeah. get it. It's there. It's where I'm talking exactly. about Kyle being rigid and not letting go. Just if okay, you don't want to let go. Okay, cool. You don't want to let go right away. You don't want to be like, okay, here's the offense. Here's the keys. To, you know, that's like that's like when you give the keys to your daughter for your car. Like, hey, don't you don't want to give them to her, but you trust her enough to not wreck it, right? Yeah. So I think Kyle's in that stage of like, nah, I'll take you where you need to go. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Look, and then there's me where I want to start the game with a play action bomb to Brandon Ayuk. That's what I want to do. Kidding, bro. Right. That's 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 the Andy Reid special. Like let let first play of the game, play action, boom, take a deep shot right oh, off man. the bat. I'd love to see that. And you know what? Let Trey rip it 60 yards and see what happens. But that's me personally. Kyle, I think is I think Kyle's going to I think he's going to open up a little bit more than he did against Arizona. I absolutely do. I, I think this is a place for him to be able to little be more creative, use the athleticism of Trey Lance, and not have to worry about that Arizona defense, right? Not have to worry about the things that Arizona brought to the table. But I do, I do think Trey is going to have some shots that we haven't seen in a little bit, some big shots, and I think you're going to see that nice deep accuracy that we like from Trey Lance. The deep ball, the way he throws that deep ball, right? We saw the Kyle Juszczyk miss from Jimmy. Oh Whether God. that was his thumb, I like, I don't care. But it was that wasn't that's, that thumb, he got hurt after that throw. Yeah, I mean that's a throw I could make. So those are the kind of plays I, I think we're going to see a couple of those in the first half where Trey's going to get a chance to air it out and show people that accuracy. But the Jimmy Gimmies that you talked about, I and mean, that's what I want to see off the bat. That's what you had to do with a guy like Colin. Kaepernick is you had, yeah. you had to just get him a couple completions first. And then we've seen him do, we saw Colin do it against green Bay and big games. Then he could torch you. If, if Colin, like if once Colin got going, he torched you. And I think that's what Trey is capable of at this point, even at 21 years of age, if you could get Trey going with some of those intermediate throws, he's going to be able to cook you with his legs. He's going to be able to move around. He's going to be confident. And I, and you know, he's confident with his arm. He's not yeah. afraid to make any throw outside the numbers and he throw over the middle. It's just going to be a matter. Is, is that going to sail on you? Like the way Jimmy's balls do at, at some times, like is or is he going to be able to hit that guy in stride? But yeah, let's get a couple first downs, get this guy going, run the ball and move move Trey around a little bit and, and watch the chaos it brings to that defense. Um, I mentioned it uh, on Twitter not too long ago, though, once it, it seemed like Trey was going to be the guy this weekend was my biggest question mark isn't Trey, because I think this is a perfect scenario for him, but it's, it's everyone else. It's is how's the offensive line going to hold up with a guy holding the ball a little bit longer than Jimmy. Yep. Because yes, Jimmy's Jimmy will get the ball out very quickly. Whether or not he throws it right to a linebacker, that's a whole other scenario. But Jimmy will get the ball out quick. Trey might hold on to that ball just a little longer than usual as he's moving around. Part of that Jimmy, is – Go ahead. Part of that is Trey's thinking touchdown, then check down, whereas Jimmy's check down, touchdown. Correct. Correct. And can the offensive line – are they going to 
be able to mesh well enough where we're not going to see some, uh, and you know, we might get a couple calls, right. And a couple holding calls in addition to it, That's fine. I can, I can live shocked. with that. Right. Like that, it is what it is, but then I've got other things. Like I know George Kittle is extremely loyal to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Well, where, where's George's head at this week? Cause we're going to need a big game for him. Cause right. He got, he got locked down last week. Yeah. He should have his way this week. So is he going to be sappy because you know, hey, look, if I go off for 180 yards and two touchdowns with the rookie and then maybe my dude never gets the ball back again for the rest of this year. Like, where's George's head at? Because I know he is extremely loyal to Jimmy. So yeah. where are some of these guys? And I, and it's not everybody, you know, but, yeah. you know, do you have guys in the locker room that are very fond of Jimmy Garoppolo and mentally where will all of them be at, especially if this offense is clicking. And as we get going, like, what's what's the next step how do we transition is george ready to go with trey under center because last time trey was out there he wasn't now he's gonna be is he gonna run those routes is he gonna take those you know jump in the air and make those plays that we're used to seeing him make with jimmy garoppolo and getting taking the big hits is he gonna continue to do that i think he will but offensive line george kittle can we really continue to to keep things going despite the fact that Jimmy's not under center anymore. Will this team rally around Trey and make plays and make the big plays so we go out there and get that W and, and move an inch closer to playoffs? Yeah, and I think I think ultimately your point is it can is this team going to rally around the rally around the kid? And I think they will. Um, I hope so. We talked this locker room and how tight knit they are. So I don't I don't think Kittle or Debo. I don't think anyone's going to have an issue with it. So, um, my the biggest question is the first one you brought up: the offensive line. Can they hold up? Because of Trey probably holding the ball a little bit longer because he's not seeing it as fast as he needs to, or he does see it. he does see it, but he's also looking for the shot play, right? Yep. He's like, you know what, Kyle has this shot play built in, so I'm gonna go take that one. You know, so there's that. Um and I also think Trey moves around better in the pocket. Like I I yeah. than Jimmy. Like Jimmy I mean, we, we've talked about his footwork and whatnot. Trey is a really confident kid and he has a presence to him and he kind of knows when things are starting to break down and he'll move outside the pocket and start rolling around. And then all of a sudden you see an offensive lineman look at him moving and they're like, oh shit, I got to grab this guy so that my my man gets the edge. You know, is that going to be something that throughout this week that they're continuing to work on and talking through Trey? And I, I think that's what coaching's all about and I think they will. But um, you know that that's a big thing for me because look, I I know that uh, that the the Texans have a pretty good cornerback. Um, you know the Texans do have some players on defense. They're they're not a great defense at all. They're, I mean they're bottom barrel in almost every single category. Um, but it's any given Sunday, and we know what the right side of the offensive line looks like, right? We we understand that. Can we, with Elijah Mitchell, hopefully back, ready to roll, you know, can can we put some things in place where we give Trey a really good opportunity to get a, a dub this week and then see what happens next week? You know, I, you, you mentioned Trey these next two games and then maybe Jimmy back in the playoffs. Well, you know, what happens if Trey goes out there and balls out this week? You know, I could see Trey easily thrown for – almost 200 yards and rushing for 80 yards and, and throwing two touchdowns or rushing for a touchdown and throwing a touchdown and maybe having one pick. Like I, I could see a two touchdown, one pick performance and 
you know, almost 300 yards of, you know, total offense between rushing and, and throwing yards. Like I, I could see that easily this week. Yeah. So I'm pulling up the Arizona game here. Um, yeah. Yeah. With Arizona, Trey was 15 to 29, 192, one interception, 16 rushes for 89 yards. Yep. Um, I can see so yeah, very I can see similar. It. I can see it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it. Now, what I don't the other thing that I don't want to see is um is the batted passes. He had like five batted passes against Arizona. But what I do want to see is more of this. I'm gonna pull it up here. For those of you who remember this 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 throw lives rent free in my brain. On a daily basis. For those of you who remember this play, hopefully it loads for me on time. Yeah. This should be it here. It's a first down throw. Should be this. This should be the play. Yeah. Look at this throw. Like, come on. This ball is on a rope and it's perfectly placed. Now he took a risk because literally the, the the defender undercuts it. I want to see more of this. Absolute rocket on the move. Ooh, like that's scary. the type of stuff that I need that's, to see. That's a guy who's not worried about the velocity of his arm at all. Like he's like, yeah. I've got a fastball. I can put this in any window. And that's where you get that gunslinger. Like he's going to make some of those turnovers, right? He's going to sail some high. Can we overcome that? Because frankly, the way this team has played with those Jimmy turnovers, we haven't been able to overcome that. So can do we have enough room for error this week against the Texans where we can overcome that? And I think the answer is yes, because I do think we are much better than the Texans. And we know this is a must win. And Houston is they're in draft mode. Right there, like this is where they're at. We are in yeah. playoff mode, and I think we can overcome it. But at the but the reality is, is this team has not been able to overcome the turnovers from the quarterback position. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm gonna check a box saying I think Trey's gonna have a turnover. Yeah, it, whether it's a fumble or an interception, I, I think yeah. that's gonna happen. It's just because you know it's been super long. The game is much faster than FCS football, right? He's gonna he's probably gonna throw one or fumble. Maybe. I'm hoping, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for that. Can I'm to say that. Can they overcome it? How does he bounce back after that happens or if it happens? What does uh, Kyle do after it happens? You know, that's I mean, another he's, thing. He's not, he's not going to go to Sudfeld, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the Texans aren't very good on, on the run game. Nope. Fifth worst in, in rush defense on the road. What do the Niners do well? They run the ball. They're adding Trey Lance to the offense now. Yep. Lance Mitchell should be back. Trey Sermon should be back. Jeff Wilson is healthy. He looks much better as the season has progressed for him. So you have a really strong running attack. So, and then, of course, Debo. So now you have these five different rushing options for the Niners. Um, defensively, the only thing I'm worried about is Brandon Cooks, to be quite honest, that deep threat down the field, and Davis Mills. Shout out to George in the comments. Uh, Davis Mills might actually be good, yeah. which I'll confess I didn't see coming. I will say... I liked him. Uh, I liked him as a mid-round pick. I didn't like him to San Francisco, but I liked him as a mid-round guy. I didn't think he would be this good, but from everything we're hearing now from David Shaw and a couple of the people that 
Davis Mills probably would have been a top 15, top 20 quarterback in this draft. So he came out a year early. I do remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl. They asked him to come out and throw pre-practice. So he was throwing out there. John Lynch was out there. A whole bunch of scouts and, and GMs were out there watching him throw. So Davis Mills does look pretty good. He's got that really long neck, though. It's really weird. It's weird. <laughs> but other than that, um, yeah. So, yeah. Texas Texas run defense is bad. Jeff Wilson looks good. The comments agree. Um, and, the, yeah, Davis looked good. Davis Mills looked good without Cooks. Yeah. So, He's not terrible. He's, it's a good. It's a good thing. Now their offensive line isn't very good. Niners defensive line should be able to get after him, and I think that's where the Niners. I think the Niners just have better overall talent. Right, that you should win with just your talent. Exactly, I and mean, that's my big thing between the two. It's you know we can look individually, and is David Mill is 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 Mills better than maybe we had thought? Yeah, probably. Um, Cooks, great player. You know, obviously he's had his concussion histories and this and that, but at the end of the day, he can get the job done at the wide receiver position. And we also know where we're at at the cornerback spot. I think one of the interesting things um, on NFL.com that I had seen today was regarding our cornerbacks. And it was a, a PFF stat that they brought up regarding, you know, 12 corner. Oh, my God, Javi. We think what? alike. We think alike. Oh, my. Yes. Right, twelve quarterbacks have allowed a hundred twenty plus passer rating. Three of them play for us, and three of them are practically starters. <laughs> like, right? The three guys. Like, this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's what D'Amico Ryan's has to fucking figure out week in and week out. Yeah, is how do I scheme with this type of cornerback play? And I don't want to hear anything about Ambry or Lenore Norman is the one that pisses me off more than anything. <laughs> like Ambry's a rookie. Lenore's a rookie. Norman is legitimately a veteran who just doesn't give a fuck about what's called on defense. And he just does him. So whether he gets a forced fumble or whether he uh, pass deflection, that's fine. Look, I, I'm not too, this isn't one of these games where I'm overly concerned. Uh, with the wide receiver play, but when push comes to shove, that's where a team at some point is going to turn to. Yeah, Ralph, they're going to say, "All right, well, I got to take my shots at this at, the, at these corners. I got to because we've got the defensive line, we've got great safeties. Can we take the shots when we're in man coverage and and capitalize on them?" And Norman's the one that pisses me off. Aziz being out, that hurts. That hurts quite a That's bit. A big one. And Greenlaw That's did it. practice today, though. Yeah. So if Greenlaw's back, you know, okay, great. And hopefully, you know, Aziz can get healthy enough to be ready to roll around playoff time. Like, I, I don't. He should be back I, for playoffs. You know, That's I, I hope. But if that's the case and that we're rolling the dice, then you got to sit him. You, you absolutely have to sit him the next two weeks. Yeah. To give himself a chance to be ready to go. And Greenlaw should should be good enough to take care of business against Houston. Um, Los Angeles, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But man, I mean this sets up quite nicely for Trey. It it hopefully gives Ambry and Lenore another week to get some things settled and right with them. Norman, I believe, is just a lost cause. <laughs> like I just I just don't have any faith in Norman at all. Um you know, anybody that gets cooked and then makes one play or 
you know, someone drops it or it's overthrown and wants to brag about it. That annoys me more than anything. I guess that's cornerbacks altogether, right? Even <laughs> they want to act like they made a big play if a, if a quarterback just overthrows a wide receiver and they want to act like they stopped it. But Norman bothers me. We yeah. got two rookies. We're getting them reps. We're going to get our quarterback who's a rookie reps. Like, let's go out there. Uh, and you're right, Cody. We got Tart and Ward. Yeah. Like, those are the biggest safety. Those are the biggest security blankets a defense could ask for in any kind of safety pairing is to have those two guys out there. Exactly. Run the fucking football. Run it and run it and run it. Let's get Trey settled early so that when we need to go to him on some maybe third and four, third and fives, you know, he's able to hit some of those plays to Kittle and Debo and these kind of guys. So let's let's make shit happen this weekend. I want to yeah. see a great game from Trey. So I'm with Niner Warriors. I think this is his first time tuning in. So shout out to you. Thank you for yeah, tuning in. Thank you. Uh, great comment here. This is why we need to run the ball. I'm in absolute agreement with you. I was thinking about this earlier today. The Niners about average. They, they average roughly about 60 plays a game, right? To me, this one needs to be a 20 pass attempt game to like 38 rush attempts. Right. Yeah. And this to me looks like to me, this needs to be like the Jaguars game. Right. Hey, first drive of the game, you get the ball first. Okay, cool. We're going to go take 13 minutes off this fucking clock. Yeah. Right? We're gonna try to limit the amount of exposure to our offense and keep our defense fresh. And when I mean limit the exposure to our offense, limit what we're going to ask Trey to do. Right. So it's like, hey, Trey, we want you to throw the ball a little bit, but we don't want you to do too much because we want to work on specific things while you're out here. And to me, I brought this up a couple of days ago. Um, somebody on 95.7 The Game was like, if Trey stinks it up, is it Kyle Shanahan's fault? No. This is the guy starting his second game. He's played six quarters in his career. You can't make sweeping assessments on a quarterback after four starts because ultimately he'd probably, I'm sorry, after three starts. So to me, he's going to get, he got the Arizona one. To me, he's going to get the next two. So that's three. And we'll see what happens in the playoffs if they go back to Jimmy or if Jimmy gets the start. Um, so treat this the way Kyle treated the final five games of 2017. For those of you who remember, Kyle specifically said, and Jimmy specifically said, that they ran game-specific stuff in 2017. Like, hey, we're going to do this portion of the playbook this week. We'll see if we can execute it. And it worked. Next week, yep. they did it against the Texans, and they did it against the Titans, and they did, you know, that's what they did. So keep doing those things. So, oh, Just, Sheldon, I, I, I'm here. thank you for tuning in. We appreciate Cody, you. Cody, appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so, to me, it's all about time and possession. To me, it's about running the ball and give Trey the Jimmy Gimmies in this game because this defense for Air Texans is not very good. Tire them out, allow your 49ers defense to play 40, 45 snaps. So they play yeah. free and you have a good pass rush. The guys are fresh. Abukum, Armstead, Bosa, those guys are fresh when they get out there. And then you're not exposing your diminished linebacker core. Because I don't think Greenlaw's going to play. I think Greenlaw probably play versus the Rams. So it's going to be Marcel Harris and, and Fred Warner. So you don't want to expose those guys too much. And you know you have deficiencies at corner. So yeah. limit the time of possession for them and just control the clock on your end. Bro, I mean, the formula, regardless of who's at quarterback, whether it's Jimmy or Trey, is the same. Like, uh, uh, there is no all of a sudden, like, fuck, what do we do now? Like, it's the same formula. It is run the football. Control the clock. Keep the defense off the field. 
and then have your quarterback make the throws that we need them to make, whether that's third and sevens, third and five. Hopefully they're third and shorts because we know how we fare if we're in third and long the entire game, whereas most quarterbacks would fare. So the formula is exactly the same. Run the fuck out of the football. Run it, run it, run it. And when we need to throw, can Kyle give the Jimmy the Jimmy gimmies to Trey? Get him those easy first downs. Get him comfortable because Trey is going to take his chances. Like you said, he might see the underneath guy, but he's waiting for the guy over top to get open so he can take a chance. And we're going to have to live with that here and there. And I think Kyle's going to understand that. He's going to draw that up. But the formula is exactly the same. And the biggest difference is we're going against the Texans and not the Arizona Cardinals this week. So now Trey should have just feel a little bit more freedom. He should be able to feel, shouldn't feel that pass rush as much. He should be able to move around a little bit. We should be able to hit George and Debo all over. If Kyle doesn't call wide league for Trey, <laughs> the, I'm something, something's going to happen early. I'm not, I'm just, oh, if he calls Wiley perfectly. Oh my God. There's going to be a big play early, but the formula for the 49ers will not change from here throughout the playoffs it will be run the ball. Can we replace Jimmy Gimmies with Trey Ups? Paul, absolutely. I like I that. I like it, Paul. I like that. that is a, that's a T-shirt. I think the Trey Ups. What's up, Jamal? Shout out to Jamal in the I comments. Love it. I love um, it, man. For those of you who, for those of you who don't know, Why Leak is um, Why Leak is a play that's specific to this West Coast offense. It's basically, um, it's a it's a play action pass where generally the tight end or fullback blocks for three or four seconds and leaks out the opposite direction of the, uh, of the bootleg. And is generally wide open. It's the play that Kyle use was wide open on against the Titans and Jimmy missed it. So there's that. So yeah, I think Trey ups is a hit in the comment section. Shout out hashtag to Paul. For that. Thank you, Paul, for the idea. You should trademark that hashtag it, whatever you want to do on Twitter. That's, that's the way to go. Trey up is what it is. Um, so I think, Fern, you don't have to work tomorrow, but I can do another 20 minutes. Let's get some questions in here about the game. Yeah, let's do it. We Either haven't given people the love. Or anything like that. So come here, buddy. Oh, we got, we got, which one's up? Which one's up? <laughs> it's which the one trouble. You think it's up? the troublemaker. I knew it. I knew it. Hi. Okay, go downstairs. Go to mommy. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm trying to get out there for the game, by the way. So there's that. Oh, we'll see. What? We'll see. My guy, come on now, make it happen. Yeah, but let's uh, look comments like talk to us here. What are you feeling? Like, what's good? What black magic voodoo do I need to do to get this win? And the baller try. I don't think there's a whole lot of black magic. I, I honestly think we will do what we need to do. I mean, this team is 32nd in offense, 30th in defense, 30th in pass, 32nd in rushing. Like, like we should be able to. We are 10th in offense, 4th in defense, 13th passing, 7th rushing. Like, we should be able to. Our best attribute as a team is there. Biggest weakness, yeah. Like, 
They're we run the ball. They're terrible at stopping the run. Like run the ball, and we have a quarterback who got eighty something yards against Arizona. So, like, I'm expecting another eighty yard rushing game from Trey Lance, and you know, a mid one ninety ish type of uh, performance. Yeah. So here the questions are rolling in. Okay. So Jamal, how many run plays do y'all expect over under thirty five? I'm going over thirty eight. Boom. I'm right there with you. Over. Definitely over. Uh, do we see any military plays this game? I don't think we're going to run the triple option. <laughs> I think we're going to see the read option. We shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to. Probably be there. Um, George, always with the really great questions. Presuming the 49ers win and clinch a playoff spot, rank the division winners you want to face in round one in order. So, I'm so before you start, before you start. Yeah. So we need to win. And who has right. to lose for us to, to – which team has to lose? Is it Saints have to lose. Saints have to lose. Yep. And they play who? Carolina. So I'm not that confident that they lose because Sam Darnold versus the Saints defense. But Ian Book is starting. Ian Book is literally 5'6". Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very good. So. All right. So let's just say it all happens. Who do you want? First round. Wild card. I'm going to call his name. Oh, no, don't. You better not. I'm calling Tom Brady. I want Tampa for round one. And the reason I'm saying that is because they're banged up. I, I said that too to you. I, I you're don't right. You know you said it. I want Tampa. Well, and part of me you wants don't want, You don't want Dallas. You don't want Dallas. You don't want those wide receivers split out like that. You don't no, want I don't want Dallas at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I, 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 who, could you imagine? And I want Jimmy to play in that game, though. I was just going to say. Jimmy versus Tom and him getting a dub against Tom. Is that a that handshake? Game? What that handshake would look like after the game? Do you oh, think Tom gets his hand or no? No. <laughs> no, no, he might. He might just, it, it might be like a really weird, it might be yeah. a really weird handshake, but I don't know. I think that's a great, I, I don't mind that matchup. I know Tampa's defense and they've got, they've got some guys that can really get after the quarterback but they are banged up and like, you know, you look at Dallas and they've got receivers, bro. I mean, they can, they can really, and they got a quarterback in Dak and they have shown with Zeke and the running game that they, they've, they've completely changed that offense to, they, they throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke's going to get his few, you know, he's going to get some touches, but they've been kind of trying to keep him healthy and they're just letting Dak rip it. And with I our would, corners, oh my lord, could you oh it would Norman would just be it would be vomit. It would be <laughs> awful. Like give me Tom, put sleepy Tom to bed. <laughs> give me Tom. I'm all about it. I think honestly, any team we have an opportunity to beat, but I, I don't mind Tampa Bay as much as maybe I would have minded it early on in the season. So to rank them in order, I think I think Green Bay's gonna get the number one seed. Okay. Fair. I would go I Tampa, so. L.A., Dallas would be my order on how I want to face them. Because we're familiar with L.A. Yeah. Um, there's just too much familiarity there. Dallas just worries me too much because of their, because of their passing game. Like, yep. if Emmanuel Mosley's playing, I might feel better about it. And Aziz is back and they're somewhat healthy. Okay. But, eesh, CeeDee Lamb, Cooper Cup, Michael Gallup. It's a dangerous... Imagine Norman on CeeDee Lamb. Like, I don't want to. 
<laughs> oh my god, that would be gross. I love uh I believe it was Axel give me Aaron Rodgers. Bro, I would love a second round matchup with Aaron Rodgers and I know Javi probably doesn't want that at all, but I don't mind that because until I see otherwise, until I see Aaron Rodgers get the shit beat out of him and him step up and figure it out, I want that's what I want to see. I want to see Aaron Rodgers with his fucking just get laid out a few times, be down 15 points, and get up and somehow rally a team to a win. That's what I want to see because until Green Bay is not, in my opinion, a front-running team, I won't ever think anything else. I will always think Green Bay is really good. They've always got every regular season. They've got the record until somebody punches them in the fucking face and then Aaron Rodgers looks like he doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. Like and until I see differently, I will stand by that altogether because I've seen it too many times. <laughs> Emiliano, in the comments, what would what would your reaction? What would be your reaction if Kyle tries to force feed a particular player instead of spreading the love around to the detriment of the team? I think, I think right now Kyle kind of force feeds Kittle in games. Right, we've seen the big game where he had like eleven receptions at one ninety. We also see him force feed Debo at times. I I don't think it's ever to the detriment of the team. I just think Kyle's like, listen, I'm just going to get the ball in my playmaker's hands and they're going to make plays for me. Yep. Um, it generally isn't to the detriment of the team, but if it were to the detriment of the team, then I'd be pissed off. Like, hey, what are we doing? If, if like, hey, don't tell Trey to go to Kittle if Kittle's bracketed when you have Ayuk wide open or yeah. or Sherfield or, or, or Jennings is open. Like, hey, Trey, take your open guy. Don't worry about if this is closed off. Like, don't force it if you don't have to. That's, that's that's a fact. I, I don't think Kyle ever draws anything up to force feed to somebody in particular, but I do think he gets in the ears of his quarterbacks and say, like, this guy should should be wide open, be, be open. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy, when the push comes to shove, he doesn't care if there's a guy on George Kittle's back. Like, right? He's throwing the ball to George Kittle. Like We see those things and look. You know, if there's a guy to throw the ball to in coverage, George Kittle's going to do his best to go get that ball. That's fine. But I, I think, I think Kyle doesn't draw it up like that at all. I think he schemes it up where this guy, if this guy is not open, then that means this guy made this move on the defense, or the safety did this, and then if he did that, then this guy's open. Yeah. So it's it's read, 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 boom, and get it out. Like it should be a movement by the safety or a linebacker that dictates which guy will be open, but he's yeah. telling them one of these guys will be open based on whatever, whatever action or reaction the, the linebackers or safeties has. Yeah. So the next question here, Cody, how pumped do you think Sherfield is that Lance is starting? I would replace Sherfield with Jennings. I think Jennings is more pumped that Lance is starting. I think Jennings and Lance have gotten a rapport because Jennings for the most part was working with scout team and second team. I think they have that rapport there. I think Jennings would be the guy that's going to be benefit the most this week. Is this a big Jennings game? Maybe he's like five for 70, right? In a tutty. I could see it. Look, I think Jennings is just playing too good at football to, uh, to not be on the field in those, in those big moments. Like he, he's, and he's the one lone real big bodied receiver. We really, really have at, at this point. And I just, he's been playing too good. I mean, he has me really excited because he seems to be making big plays, uh, big first downs. He's doing his thing, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm really happy with Jennings, and I think he, he could have a pretty good game. 
Let's get this one from Cody. What happens when Mostert gets back? We'll get yeah, we'll get that one. Um, <laughs> Niners Warrior here. Kyle calls you guys tomorrow and says you can call one play for Trey on third down, third and four. What do you call with your weapons? I'm calling drift. Drift has been one of the most successful plays within Kyle Shanahan's playbook. And we all know what that drift route is. That's that Debo kind of out back in slant that he runs. It's literally right in between a safety and a corner, a safety and a linebacker. And as long as it's on target, that's a big gain. So I think that's that's the way to go. I think Kyle's going to throw it on third and four with Trey. Could he use some read option type stuff? Yeah, of course. But I, if I were to call it, I'm calling drift because it's probably their most successful pass play. Yeah, I mean, look, if if I got to go realistic play call, then yeah, that's, that's probably the most realistic play call. But I'd love some read option, roll out, and drop a bomb. Drop a bomb on somebody. Some type of like level, have some guy cutting across the middle, make the safety bite, and then just take a take a big, deep throw and see if our receiver could win one-on-one coverage. I'd love that. But the reality is we're probably looking more at something like, like a drift and pick up the first down and keep it moving. Maybe Debo picks up 15 yards and then we just – like that's the reality. But I just – I feel like the big play is going to be open. I feel like we're going to have some really big opportunities to to take some uh, some massive chunks out of the field with Trey this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in how the defense plays him because we saw the defense played him differently against in, in the Arizona game and Seattle played him differently than they played against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You saw a lot more split safety in those two games when the, uh, yeah. Trey was in, and that's a respect thing. Like, okay, we know this kid can air it out. Yeah, Jimmy, absolutely. So there's that. Um, Cody, you brought it up. What happens when Mostert gets back besides Trey and Debo next year? I don't think Mostert's back next year. I don't think so either. Sorry, Cody. Um, and that's no disrespect to Mostert. However, I do not mind bringing him back on a team-friendly deal. He does have an injury history. He is comfortable in this offense. And his explosiveness is missed. It was missed for a while. So I wouldn't mind it. And I would... You know, just the possibilities of Mitchell and Mr. and Trey in the middle. I run that play all the time in Madden. I mean, it works all the time. So there's that. Um, I mean, if it works in Madden, I, but I agree with you 100%. Unless Mosert says, I want to be back for sure as a 49er and I'm willing to take, you know, you know the Niners sign him to that contract. And if they, if he's able to take a very, very, very team friendly, I think the Niners would be ecstatic to have him back. I just think they might be under the assumption that uh, in terms of the financial flexibility and what they need to do, like pay a guy like Debo Samuel, um, you've been Nick Bosa, when they start thinking about money, there's not going to be a whole lot of money on the line or on the table for a guy like Mosert, despite his success in the offense, especially with a young rookie like Elijah Mitchell, who looks extremely capable of, of uh taking some of those reps. I do think the Niners are going to have to figure out another running back uh, moving forward because Elijah Mitchell isn't that guy that's, that is just going to be a workhorse week in and week out. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be the case. So I'd love to have a guy like Mostert back, even with his, you know, injury or struggle. Just draft another. Or they just draft another like fifth, sixth round or who, who knows and yeah. see what happens. You get a running back. Um, I like I like Jamal's. Jam, oh, I don't. I, I was just saying Jamal's uh, comment. 
you know, we all think the Texans will struggle stopping the run. I think the Texans linebackers will start cheating up. I think cheat up with a guy like Trey is dangerous. Cheat up at your own risk because Trey will let it rip. And Kyle will, it might be two or three opportunities, but Kyle will scheme up a few deep shots that he's going to have to hit, or at least he'll be able to take the chance. And so, look, you want to bring those linebackers up? Fine. Well, congratulations. Not only do we have a, a running back, we've got a quarterback who can also run the hell out of the football, and we've got a tight end that's one of the best tight ends in all of football, Debo. Like, Go ahead and cheat up linebackers because now you're just going to open up the big game. And I feel very comfortable with Debo throwing a deep. I'm sorry with Trey throwing a deep ball. Yeah. That's like Kyle probably has like the biggest football boner. If that, if he sees it happening, it's like, just go ahead. All right. Let me pull out this Atlanta thing. There's Julio's Jones play. Now you go do this real quick. So yeah, that'd be nice. Um, The question I want to get back to pay Debo in the off season or after next year. I am of the idea that you pay your superstars early and so are the Niners. The Niners generally pay their guys one year before they become free agents. And they should, or else it doesn't make sense for them to sign the contract then. Yeah. And in the case of a guy like, like Fred Warner, or George Kittle, like Fred had his all pro year. Right. And he's, he's getting back to form. Right. And let's just say he had another all pro year. He would have gotten, he would have been more expensive. Yeah, than what he was this offseason. With Debo, he's giving you 1,500 total yards, I think it was, 1,200 receiving, 300 rushing. rushing. He's got 11 touchdowns. You pay that guy now. Now, what is that number? I think we're talking 20, 21 million a year on Debo, to be quite honest. I'm just can, saying. Can I ask I you a question? He, he's going to have to set the market before the other market sets itself. Okay, but you I got to ask you a question. I got to ask you a question about that. Because now someone brought up paying Debo. And look, Debo has shown he's Weapon X. And so those guys get paid. Because not only is he just a wide receiver, he's your running, he's everything. But going into the season, Javi, did you think the Niners would be paying for both these wide receivers eventually, Debo and Brandon? Or was Brandon the guy that was going to be get paid and Debo was the who knows? Like I feel like I feel like going in this season, I didn't know who the Niners were gonna put all their chips in. Like we got to pay this guy, and I think Debo said, "Hey, look, I'm playing every week, regardless of how banged up. I'm I'm out there trying to play as hard as I can every week, week in and week out. You want me to run it? You want me to play running back? Cool. I'm gonna do this for five play. I'm gonna rush for 80 yards. I'm I'm gonna catch, you know, have 150 yards receiving and just dominate. And he, I think I feel like he's completely flip the narrative where the Niners are kind of pressed where they have to pay him. Like, how do you not pay yeah. him after the season? And I don't know if he was that guy that was that much of a priority going had, into the year. Because we had the injury concern questions. Exactly. He have injury history. He I'm not saying anything. I, I love Debo. I'm just saying like going into this, he was one of those guys where I was like, are the Niners really going to pay him number one receiver money? When, yeah. you know, and now I don't see how you don't, don't pay him that. And then what do you do with Brandon down the line? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And it, it, part of it's the timing, right? The, the way time, the line, the time, much time r- lines up. You have, you're going to have Debo and Bosa. Obviously, prior number one is Bosa. Yeah. Bosa's one. Debo would be two. 
And then Lakin is three, DJ Jones is four. Like that would be my order. So yes, I would pay him this offseason and I would I would they're gonna probably follow the same track. Kittle got paid before camp. Warner got paid before camp. This will probably lead up right until August and they'll get something done. Because it you just makes sense. You don't think there's any way they pull a, a Buckner and try and do something crazy in the draft? No. Get themselves something for a guy. All right. All right. No, I, I, because I'm not saying they should. I'm just wondering. I'm just like, do you just think? This wide receiver, these wide receiver classes, I mean, would, would a team be willing to trade for Debo when they can probably find another Debo? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah, I hear you. A lot of classes have gotten pretty good. So, so the question here, how much is how much do you expect Devontae Adams to get? I think Devontae get like 25, 26. And think about that with the, the question mark of is Aaron Rodgers even going to be there? Like, I mean, is he going to be a Niner? I don't know. But, <laughs> but does Aaron want to be there next year? Yeah. Because doesn't he have the option, right? Like, he, he's. Didn't they set that up where they're going to avoid? Like, he's got that. Traylon Burke, Debo, like, he's going to be. Yeah. I, yeah, I I'm, like I'm all about. This is a beast. I, I think Debo is so special. I'm just wowed that it's amazing that this happened in a contract year. Like, that yeah. just blows my mind. Like, what we're seeing happen, of course, it's in a contract year. And it makes you now question maybe everything financially that you were thinking of doing moving forward. Um, you know, that's my only thing with Debo. And I, I think Debo is Weapon X and he's a guy you got to pay and he's tied your hand. Where like he's just, he's just that special in this he's offense. Shown, he's shown his importance. Oh my God. Yeah. Like easily. You missed easily. him in the Seattle game. You missed him. You needed him. You needed yep. him in the Seattle game. So he's, he's, he's worth what they're going to be spending. Um, would I understand if they made a move? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is, this team has shown that they will move off guys. Um, so there's that. Now this one, we'll get two, we'll get three more questions here. Um, Vince, great show fellas. Do you think the Niners are comfortable? Oh, starting spot next year? Why'd you got to do it? Absolutely Vince? not. Oh man. No, in no world should Hufanga be the starting strong safety on this 49ers roster. I would hate Mark to come back, but I don't think he's going to be back. Wait, what? Uh, Say it again? Oh, I would hate Mark to be back, but I don't think he's going to be back. I, I am I am all in on this DB class, safeties and corners. Tyke Smith is a guy I like out of Georgia. Uh, Kobe Bryant, the corner out of, out of Cincinnati, is a guy that oh. I like. Plus, the name is solid. Ooh. But I would bring back Tart and draft a safety. Hufanga, to me, I've said it a million times on the show, he's a Career special teamer, situational guy. Play him within 10 yards of the quarterback. I don't want him covering guys because he doesn't have the speed and he some of the angles are not not there. So I would not do that. So um, I'm, I'm going to like sort of agree with you and with a little like caveat that I think Hufanga, absolutely, I think some of the ways they're playing him is definitely not to his strengths, um, especially as a rookie and a guy with speed concerns. Um, I think given uh, uh, his niche, he is right now as a rookie, very good at just kind of, 
being aggressive and getting after a quarterback and making some big hits and getting around the football. Will he be that core? Will, will he be that safety in a year or two? I don't know because with his speed concerns, he will have to be flawless in terms of his mirroring or see if he's out in coverage, the way he mirrors, he's going to need to be flawless um, to actually cover some of these guys. Uh, I'm not concerned about him making tackles or big hits or getting after the quarterback. So do I think the Niners are like, Hey, you're our guy, our safety. We're going to put you out there sometimes on an Island. No, I don't think they're comfortable with that at all, but I think you still got to give the kid another year or two to see what, uh, what he can do. So that does mean you still need to go after another safety. And I don't know if that's in the draft or free agency or, or how that goes uh, moving forward. But if the Niners were to just say, let's run it back at safety without a guy like Tart, like move on from the Tart and then just have, like, I would be very concerned altogether if that's what they did. I don't think they will. And if Tart leaves, I do think they're going to use resources to go out there and secure up the safety position. I would be, pissed off if at all I see Tart left and then just they just penciled in who found that, that would bother me as much yeah. as I like a guy like him. Yeah, I, I'm all in on this uh, Leon O'Neill kid from Texas A&M, Tyke Smith out of Georgia. I gotta start watching some more, man. It, we're getting close. We're getting close when I start watching. I, know my, you, I got my Super credential, so I am trying to get out there this year. Um, Roger McCreary is going to be their DB out of Auburn. I've already spoken to him a couple times. He's Seems like a really nice guy. Try to get him on the show once uh, once the draft stuff starts happening. Um, so this this D, I think the DB class is solid. The running back class is solid, and I do like this interior offensive line class so okay. far. So Which we can I think are going to get center. They need to get a center. They need to get a corner, and they need a safety. Those would be the top three. And I think you go and try to pay a mid level pass rusher, like try to find another Ibukum, but someone who can bend is not as stiff as Ibukum, right? Um, and I would go, I would love to have Harold Landry. Please, God, like, if you're listening. Oh, geez. That's been your guy from the get, from the jump. Yeah. I mean, that was that's who I wanted initially. Um, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so we have we have a lot going on this weekend. Niners, Texans, Trey Lance likely to start. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice on Wednesday or today, Thursday, if you're listening to this on a Friday. No practice on Wednesday or Thursday for Jimmy G. Generally, the Niners do not play players who do not practice on Wednesdays and Thursdays, so it's more than likely that Jimmy Garoppolo does not play. Um, before we get out of here, score prediction for Sunday. Fern, what do you think? Oh, man, I, I think it's going to be a 30-something to, like, 14 game. Like, I think this is going to be one of our bigger one of our bigger blowouts this year. Um, I say, like, 38 38 10. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be Trey Lance flexing a little bit and everyone clicking. Any, everyone clicking. I think this is going to be a big one. Okay. I'm going to check it right now. Over under is 44. Niners are favored by 12 and a half. Um, it's a big line. 12 and a half would make me not even want to put money on the Niners at that, even though I put it. If I was yeah. betting, so, I would be worried about 12 and a half. The Texans, points per game of the year, 16 and a half. Points allowed per game is 26. Niners, points per game, 25. Allowed, 22. I'm going to say this is a 31-10 game. 
Niners win. It's fair. I think this defense is playing really good football, yeah. and I think the offense finally gets it in the end zone a few more times early on to really put this one away. I do want to say one thing, Javi. Yeah. I just want to, I want us to maybe moving forward. Can we please keep track of uh, what that Seattle draft pick that they're giving away this year? For Jamal, <laughs> what that's looking like. I just want like a tracker of that, you know, like where we're at with that, because that's going to be pretty, is that going, that's going to Miami, right? Yeah. So like Miami and I thought Miami was going to get, be getting a pick from us. Right. I thought they were getting like a heavy duty pick from us. And it they, looks, it's gotta be a good one here. I'm going to pull it up right now. Let's yeah. See. Let's get that. I just, that's a side note. Cause as much as so, I, you know, I hate the Seahawks and they are eliminated. So this is going to be interesting. Oh yeah. That's right. It's going to the jets. It's going to the jets. So you can look this up. It's called tankathon.com. Oh, please. Uh, yes. Right now, currently, the number one pick belongs to Jacksonville. Number two is Detroit. Number three is Houston. Number four, the Jets. That's their own pick. Giants five. Seattle via the, the Jets via Seattle mm-hmm. in the Jamal Adams trade. Number six. Could you? Number six. Uh, look at, they're going to have a, what is that? What was that? Three and four six? And six. Four, and four and six. six. All for that safety, baby. Wow. The Niners. First round pick. Miami via San Francisco that's is currently 21, 21. So that's more like it. The way after our, that that losing streak early in the season, I was getting really worried about that pick. Yeah, but me too. Now we keep bringing that down a little bit. The more we, we win some football games, I'm all about that. But is Jamal Adams worth it? No. Considering Absolutely. the way this team is, I love the fact that we had been talking for years about the Seattle Seahawks and their margin of victory and how they were winning so many close games year in and year out. And they were getting in the playoffs. And this was the year between Russell Wilson's injury, the controversy going into the season. And guess what? They're not winning those close games anymore. They don't look really good. And now they're going ahead and giving them a really high pick. Eagles went from having three high picks to three picks in the playoff team spot. Yeah. It's wild. Like I'm, I'm loving watching where some of these picks on these trades and like where they're going. And one of the big ones for me was always Seattle, like Jamal Adams. Yeah. Like, so Philly, Philly is crazy. Philly's picking 19, 20, and 23. Ooh, currently. That's crazy, yeah. right? But it's how we picking. But it's how we picking. Yeah, how he's picking. So who knows? So um, <laughs> it's how he's picking. Yeah. So uh, as always, we do appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, Make sure you subscribe, rate, review on YouTube, um, Google Play, Android, you know, wherever you get your podcasts at, Spotify, Apple. We do appreciate it. Um, We're almost to 200 episodes, by the way. So that's we're like nine away. So shout out to you guys for tuning in and keeping this show going, supporting us all the way through. For those of you who celebrate the holidays, hopefully you had a nice Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. And New Year's Eve is tomorrow or by the time you're hearing this today. Um, so happy New Year to everybody out there. Be safe. Again, if you are going to drink, please do not drive. Uh, if you drive, if you're driving, do not drink. Call an Uber. Stay at somebody's house. Be safe, everybody out there. Yes, uh, we do appreciate you as always. Uh, Fernando, until I talk to you tomorrow, if I don't talk to you tomorrow, we will. happy New Year. Um, yes, uh, let's go, Niners. Get to the playoffs. As always, I'm Javi. That is Fern. Find us on Twitter at JavierVeg underscore from my guy Fernando here at DZ0880. Oh, and this one last dig. Uh, the Bulls swept the Lakers. Just wanted to throw that in there. 
are you gonna are we doing what so now we're not talking tomorrow <laughs> thanks um i'm proud of your bulls and you gotta hit me like I that i, had to. I, I had told to. you they were gonna be i told you when you weren't sure i said i really I, like this bulls team a lot I, I like that they decided to go get a center and they went and got a point guard like ball and and made some moves i love it are we going to make it to 200 paul yeah, we're i hope so 200. i hope yeah, so we'll get there so uh but <laughs> everyone stay safe we will be back after the 49ers hopefully win against the texans stay safe enjoy the weekend peace <laughs>